0: Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior friendly discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. Uh, we with me today, I actually have, uh, Paulo and Celine joining me. We're going to do a coding bootcamp review on the wagon. And this one was a little interesting to try to schedule guests because there are campuses all around the world. And to be honest, I actually hadn't heard about it until I saw it on course report and started looking more into it. Um, but on course report, like that's usually kind of what I encourage uh, or like, yeah, I encourage people to look at to guide their decision on picking a coding boot camp. And you guys are really highly rated. It sounds like you guys are doing something really well. And so I was really interested in figuring out what's going on over there. So uh, we'll start with our intros. Paula, you want to do a short intro? Tell us about sure. yourself.
1: So hi, my name is Paulo. I graduated the Tokyo Boot Bootcamp in June of 2019. And I'm a founder of Odaiba, an app that is bringing socialization to the online
0: learning. Cool. Thank nice. you. How about you,
2: Celine? Um, yeah, I'm Celine. Uh, I did the Le Wagon boot camp in Bali, actually. Um, and I also graduated last year in July. And since then, that was kind of in my gap year uh, after my bachelor's. So I haven't, unfortunately, started my own startup or gone right into the coding world. Um, but I'm trying to keep it on the side, and it's definitely surprisingly been a passion or become a passion of mine, um, which I wasn't expecting.
0: That's interesting. So you paid a lot of money and went to a very intense coding boot camp, and it already wasn't a passion.
2: Yes, uh, actually, it wasn't even not a passion. I had no idea what all of this was about. And I was slightly terrified of the whole concept by itself. (laughs) Um, I did my undergrad in business so it's a very general degree that I don't know how many thousands and hundred thousands of people graduate from every year um, so I wanted something to set me apart and something that's you know modern and that's going to kind of grow in itself so I thought of coding and then I just as you said I did my research um, on several of these rating websites and the rankings and all of that and then I thought okay I'll go to try I had to do the you know, the little courses on DataCamp and Codecademy. So I did get a little sneak preview into it. But really, I was still quite terrified when I first arrived. And for those first like two weeks or something. um, And I guess it was very fortunate that I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it is fortunate. That's for sure. So, okay, to give viewers context, um, what are you doing with your coding degree? What do you go to it for? Um, Me? Both of you. Oh. Paul, okay. right, feel free to say. So,
1: okay, I, I I wouldn't call it a degree, to be fair. Like, it's yeah. more what we're doing with our coding tool set that we've received, because it's not so much about the paper. Uh, I actually found a job as a full-time developer uh, back, back-end Ruby on Rails. And that got me the experience and the more in-depth knowledge, and in which I I'm now trying to leverage in building my own app.
0: Okay, and I um, I love that because I I mean I started my own company in January as a software engineer and then started my own company, so mm. I love that path. It's a very hard path, but it's a fulfilling one. All right, yeah. how about? Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Sorry. No, no, sorry. Yeah, please.
2: Um, I kind of took all of the skills that I got there and um when I started Le Vagon, I already had a master's degree lined up for afterwards. So I didn't per se go into, you know, the whole job search and um or internships or jobs or whatever you go for first. Um, but I did a master's degree and I'm still currently doing it in business analytics. Mm. So um, what I learned with Levagon helped me a lot. Um, you know how they say, once you know one coding language, the next one is really not that intimidating and not that difficult to learn. And that was absolutely true because Levagon mostly focuses on uh, Ruby and Ruby on Rails in the back end. And now we're doing R, we're doing Python, we did a little bit of Tableau and Just for Python in itself, it was like I started at a whole different level than everyone else. And um, so I'm trying to pursue that a little bit. And then after I'm done, I'm going to look uh, into internships or jobs as either a junior dev or, um, you know, even data analyst or something like that.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Well, best of luck with that. I appreciate (laughs) the extra context. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, how did the application process go? What was it like there? It was
1: so. I probably it's different for each campus. In our case, we first had to go like through some two interviews with the drivers, so the ones who actually take care of the local chapter. Uh, and based on those interviews, like they try to understand like if your motivation is genuine. If some, um, if you're really going to commit those nine weeks, or if you just were like, are like, nah, knowing how to code, same sounds nice. Let me just throw some money at it and join this place. And uh, after you pass that interview phase, like you get some prep work to do before the bootcamp starts. So some essentially basic courses on Code Academy uh, on ruby and javascript just to get the fundamentals and after that you go and you join the bootcamp and yeah the the program starts
2: yeah in bali it was quite similar so we also we had one interview i believe with the driver um to also see if the motivation is genuine and then um the second stage kind of was a a little course on code academy i think And we had to complete that within a certain time frame. So you know how it logs when you log in and once you start working on it and once you log out, it stops the timer. I think that course we had to complete within 10 hours of work. And if you were able to get through it within these 10 hours, then basically that was the threshold to kind of see that you could work quickly enough and grasp new concepts in a fast pace. Um, And then the interview and that time, 10 hours, I want to say 10 hours, I'm not... 120% 120% sure on it but those two um, things together then gave you you know the acceptance and then on top of that we also got a lot of the prep material and I think we had a bunch of videos to look at and a lot of things to work through but that came after we'd actually been accepted to the, to the bootcamp. Really?
1: In our case like it was part of the whole journey so like you would start maybe with the videos then also go into the Code Academy course. And somehow it was just like, okay, you you need to complete all of this. So you have to apply at least two weeks before the bootcamp start because you'll need that time in order to go through the whole material.
2: Yeah, we those two weeks, we had that too. They said it's going to take you, if you sit down and really get behind it, two weeks. If you have something else to do, then maybe you plan some extra time in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: That's interesting. Do you feel like... The challenges, like, did it have any tests or challenges that were difficult for you? Or were you able to retake the challenges if you got them wrong in that program? So, uh, they they weren't really,
1: it wasn't really like a test, so to speak. It was really more just, okay, here's some stuff that you need to go through. And it just takes time. It's really just about sitting and reading and investing that time into it. I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe okay. someone who has more difficulties understanding would be a little bit slower at it. But it's probably really... I mean, now we're speaking from just from the viewpoint of participants, so we don't know what's the whole real logic behind. But the way how it seems, it's really just, okay, uh, are you motivated enough? Are you willing enough to put the time behind it because that's how the that's how the program works it's like you get a very short lecture and then the whole day you're just working on exercises and if you don't like working on exercises better figure it out before you're actually joining
0: okay interesting so you know i challenge coding boot camps in every single video so um, Mm -hmm. i'm going to challenge this a little bit it sounds like i love the pre-work and I love that they, uh, kind of test your commitment to learning because that's most of what it is. It's like, can you sit down and do the work? Cause most people that do, they're going to be fine. And it's a, you know, like it's the effort that you put in. Like no one's born a developer and it like you need to put effort into it and you need to put a quite a bit of effort into it. And so I love that they give you a huge time commitment, even for the application process. That's one way to do it. The only caveat with that is that. I would be concerned that people could skate through that because they aren't challenged, because they aren't tested, and still make it through, and they might have taken two months to do it, whereas maybe that doesn't, maybe that's not equal to the amount of pressure you're going to be under during the coding boot camp, and so you could possibly be getting in participants that aren't quite up to everyone's skill levels, which is going to bring the entire cohort down a bit to try to catch them up.
1: Do you think so
0: you that's
1: a possibility? All, so I think it's two, two points to tackle with that. Uh, first of all, if you are taking two months to go through the prep work, that takes some serious amount of pre-planning for you. Because I don't think people usually go, it's like, hmm, which bootcamp can I start two months from now? Like, if anything, it's like maybe one month. And You'd be by surprised. The time you, okay. But also by the time you go through the interview process, you don't have all those two months at your disposition.
0: Okay, uh,
1: so, okay. I'm sorry, okay, and, just to, and uh, the second point is, yes, even with this, you get members with different skill levels. And I don't think that is such a, uh, such a bad thing at the end of the day, because uh, at LeWagon, we do uh, a buddy system where for each day, you're sitting and working together with one of your batchmates. And this changes every single day. And they invite you to, if you are faster than your than your body, sit with him, try to explain him the exercise, try to help him come fast, like go forward faster than, or bring him to your level. I think this is really important because part of the learning process is also learning how to explain what you're doing to someone else.
2: Yeah, I agree, and. I think the whole buddying system for me, that was such a game changer. And I'm happy to speak about uh, about it again later. Um, But back to what you were saying, that you might end up with people in different skill levels and, um, you know, because they take two months or three months or whatever to complete this. Um, I, for example, because I had a gap year. Right. I was planning quite far in advance. So I think I applied in December and the bootcamp started in April. So that was four months. So I had like a long bit of time, but I was still working full time for, I think, three of those four months. So then, you know, I thought, OK, um, I've got a bit of time here or I'm going to be very stressed there. So I kind of spread it out a tad. Um, but then again, at least for the batch in Bali and maybe for other batches, they do that as well. We had to complete this other code academy course within 10 hours. Right. So there. You can't unless you're that advanced of a coder already to stop the time uh, countdown from counting down. But then I don't think you have to come to the coding boot camp, you know, so it's already tracking how quick you're doing this. And if you're able to kind of go at that that fast of a pace um, and then the pre-work that you're doing um, in a lot of ways, it kind of it's just there to reinstate what you will be doing in the actual boot camp. So you're already learning about Ruby. You're already learning about Ruby on Rails. You're already doing some HTML, some SCSS, all of these things. And then in the actual bootcamp itself, there's gonna be a lecture in the morning where they go over it again. So it's two hours in the morning where then they kind of teach it, but they say these two hours in the morning where we go over the content extremely quickly, this is not enough for you to understand what's happening. You have to sit down in the beginning And you have to, before everything starts, go through it, take your time, maybe read one article twice because you just don't understand it the first time. And then when a teacher or the driver actually explains it to you, you know, maybe this is the second or the third time that you're hearing it, then like. For me, it happened a lot of times that this final piece, it kind of clicked into space, you know, like I kind of had an idea of what was going on, but I couldn't really grasp it. And then when I heard it again and with different examples and him, you know, life coding in front of us, then it often like it gave me this aha moment where where I really understood what was happening.
1: I okay. actually had that experience with Ruby hashes. I <laughs> I've been trying to learn about coding through different apps like Solo Learn or like some gamified apps on learning. And it, it would just never click. It's like we have arrays and arrays are already collections of different objects. Why do we need to have another collection? And how am I starting to use this other collection? Like it just, I, I couldn't understand and I couldn't get past this point in whatever app I was trying to use. And then when we were finally in the bootcamp and we were at that lecture and the, the, the teacher was explaining about these are hashes. This is how we use them. This is why they are good as opposed to standard arrays. I was like, <laughs> now everything makes sense. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you had that moment. So it sounds like in my scenario where you do do it within 10 hours or you do extend it, Celine, like you did to four months. Um, It sounds like it didn't, it wasn't really a detriment to your experience at the coding bootcamp, which, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is if, if it wasn't like, if the gap is too far, you are going to lose out on the experience, um, which is unfortunate. This is really what I was kind of pushing at, but it sounds like the, the gap must not have been far enough where the person that you paired with is still going to actually grow, uh, because they're able to kind of like coach you through the actual exercise it's not like it sounds like they don't really have to like go back way to the fundamentals to even like start working on the exercise so the gap wasn't that big if anything right yeah okay all right well that's that's kind of what i was getting at and that's really good to hear um well you know both of you started diving into it already so let's dive into the curriculum And that's the biggest part of it, right? So what would both of you think of it?
1: I think it's amazing, frankly. Mm -hmm. It it just feels structured so well, where you do one week fully just on Ruby, plain old Ruby, and then you go second week into the object-oriented programming principles using Ruby, where you go, you build classes, other classes that inherit from the previous classes, and you try already building a simple app, uh, which displays on the terminal. Uh, then you go into databases, like right, using pure SQL, moving into Active Record, which is a big part of Ruby on Rails. From then, you move into the front end, and one week for HTML, CSS, and simple JavaScript, just to m- modify the DOM until it all comes together in the Rails week and then you see how each part is interacting with each other and these things that you were building in such a simple way at the beginning, now you can build as a full-fledged web app. And then you have three weeks just to build web apps.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with everything you said. Absolutely. I thought um, just the way that they planned the whole nine-week bootcamp it was so well thought through. And even though, you know, in the beginning, you're just doing bits and pieces of it, they know this. Uh, I remember our driver and our teacher, they kept on saying, they were like, listen, the first like five weeks, it's going to be tough. And at points and at times you're going to be like, what am I even doing? And why is this, you know, and they were like, trust us. Once you get to week six, I think it was week six, you will You know, be like, oh, okay, now I see where this comes together and we put this at the bottom and this on the top. So the fact that already, you know, on the first day they were they were able to tell us it's going to take five weeks where you'll be frustrated at times and it's going to be confusing. But then it will all be worth it. Like just how they built up the whole curriculum. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, And that kind of I think not just the curriculum, but the entire program, right? So no matter which Le Vargon campus you go to, it's always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drivers and the teachers, um, best of my knowledge, I think they all go through the same teaching training and they all have like yearly get togethers where they come together and they're like, oh, we found this is better to teach in that way. And this is better to give the students that insight and stuff like that. So it's very... Um, just well organized and well focused. And even the prepping material that we have to go through, um, it is Code Academy and Data Camp and stuff courses, but it's also just an entire course like prospect, I wanna say, from Le Wagon, where you have videos of the founders explaining what's happening. So it's incredibly well thought through and planned out. Mm-hmm.
1: And I have to say, even like I've had the same experience where they were telling us, like, it's going to be hard, just keep working on it. But like, being able after just two weeks to build a simple app, something that already works that I could share with my friends. And like, (laughs) just to give an idea, what we were building is uh, an app that scrapes a website to get some recipes, save it on the machine and then display on the terminal. And like something super simple, but the fact that we after just two weeks, we could already build something. I just felt such an accomplishment. It's like, look, I can already build something. I can already show it to my friends. It's great. Like I am making progress. I don't have to wait this five, six or nine weeks to show that I've made some progress. I can show it right now.
0: Okay. It sounds like... Uh... I mean, I think almost every coding boot camp has the idea of trust a process, and I think almost everyone panics. <laughs> it's a pretty normal behavior I did I know I definitely did. I even thought like, Oh my God, should I even be here? Did they make a mistake of bringing me in um especially in the beginning? Okay, so a couple questions from that. Um, what do you guys think of JavaScript? You had to learn it on the side of Ruby? It's a very different language. <laughs>
1: So. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, I did not like it, and I still do not like it. Uh, I, I think it was a really rough transition from a language that is so verbose and so easy to understand, like mm-hmm. just as while you're writing what you what you're trying to do with it, all of a sudden to go to a different language that it it just uh, works so differently. That I ended up with the with this feeling inside. It's like you know, maybe JavaScript really is not for me. And like during the whole week, d- during the whole project weeks, I tried touching as little JavaScript as possible. And even today, like when I'm when I'm building my own apps, like just on the site, or I, I still try to find someone else who has more JavaScript experience to let them work on it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I did not love the JavaScript week or time. Um, I think it's nice that we got to touch upon it and it's good that we got an insight into it and have like the very basic of a basic understanding of what's happening. Um, but if I had to choose between Ruby and JavaScript, there is absolutely no you know, chance that I would ever pick JavaScript over Ruby. I have to agree.
0: Okay. That's fair. I do nothing but JavaScript and I completely understand where you're coming from. I do. It's almost like a badge of honor when you've worked with JavaScript for so long. It's such a quirky language. You kind of feel proud that you're able to work with it, but it it still is frustrating to this day. I get it. So it sounds like JavaScript was kind of a supplement and Ruby was your main focus. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. JavaScript was really
1: just to sprinkle, sprinkle some special effects on the front end. Like that was how it, That is how it's being conceived. And in all fairness, like after you complete the bootcamp, there is a free uh, React course that you can watch and you can do some exercises through it. But it feels very different from the whole Ruby on Rails experience. It's structured in a different way. So I myself could not complete it. Partly because, again, it was JavaScript and I just had this sort of refusal towards JavaScript. Partly because it was much more advanced.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you feel like... So, there are Ruby jobs, Um in generally? So, I can really only speak for the United States. Mm-hmm. Ruby, and, and I want you to tell me in your countries. So, um, Celine, you're in the United States. Paulo, you're in Japan. Um, in your countries, do you feel like there were... How do I ask this? Do you you feel like there were enough positions in Ruby to make it worth it? Like, did you go to LeWagon? And I'm I'm sure I'm butchering the name. I'm just going to say it like that. But did you go to that coding boot camp because it was teaching Ruby or because it had such a good reputation? So, uh, I always feel like I'm the
1: first one answering the questions.
2: Oh, do it. (laughs) Uh,
1: I... I went to Le Varun because I had to find a job. Uh, I was at the state where I had quit my previous companies. I couldn't find a job because I, I don't speak Japanese. And I had like, I have more of a business background and trying to get a business oriented job when you don't speak the language is very difficult. Uh, so I went through the hard skill route and... I'm lucky because in Japan, Ruby is actually very popular. And a big reason for that is that one of the core contributors is Japanese. So it has very good documentation in Japanese, which other languages do not. So many companies, because the level of Japanese here is not very good. So developers will, by default, fall back on Japanese documentation which brings up the level of Ruby and therefore Ruby on Rails in the market.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah,
2: that's very interesting. Um, I don't think I'm as uh, qualified to even say anything on this because, as I said, I knew I had the master's degree lined up, so I never even, you know, looked very much into the job market because I had two months, and in two months, like. It's not even worth an internship, right? Because by the time you know what you're doing, it's already over. Um, so for the companies, they don't really um, take people on for such short amount of time. And the reason actually that I did um, this bootcamp, I think the the choice I made was very much based on the ratings and the rankings, and that Le Vagons just a very very you know popular bootcamp. Um, I have to say that I actually live in Germany, so. Um, when I, you know, applied to everything, I was in Germany and Le Wagon being from France and Europe, of course, it's got like, I think a bit more of a um momentum in the States, sorry, in Europe than it has in the States. So that's kind of, I guess a big part of it was that. Um, and also since I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the future. For me, it's a whole big tangled up thing, right? Because I saw that a lot of um, product managers, when they had teams of developers, they couldn't talk to their teams, right? There was such a disconnect in what the developers were saying and what the um, project manager or product manager was understanding or capable of understanding just because I had no coding experience whatsoever. um, That I said, you know, I am interested in going that path later in life. And I don't want to be one of those product managers that has no idea what's happening with my product and with my team, you know? So I was thinking if at least I have some basic understanding, maybe they won't have to break it down five steps. Maybe they'll only have to break it down two steps to speak with me, you know? But even this smaller discrepancy and, you know, being able to talk a little bit more eye to eye, I thought that was really worth it. And that was already um, a good enough motivation to go for a coding bootcamp.
1: Okay. Okay. And actually, to go back a little bit, also on the reason why I chose Le Varon, uh, because it wasn't just because they were teaching Ruby, and Ruby is popular here in Japan. Actually, there are only two programming, like programming boot camps in Tokyo in English. So there's a bunch in Japanese, but not speaking Japanese, it like doesn't really help me. But there were only two in English, and for me, the main reason why I ended up choosing. Uh, was that the competitor actually had as a prerequisite that you had to pass a JavaScript test. Like they would, you would go, you would do an interview in JavaScript, and only if you pass it, uh, like you could go and join the bootcamp. Which I guess it's the same logic behind. Like we we need you, we need to see that you're really motivated and you're you can study on your like you can understand on your own. But as a person who was trying for so long to learn coding by himself and never managed it just didn't make sense to me like why are you making me learn on my own something that i'm not able to learn in, if, as a condition before even joining you so i defaulted to levagon based
0: on that interesting and i i think i can answer that question mm-hmm. um first of all you are capable of it you just don't believe you are and that's most people's situations. But I get I get wanting to go to structured learning because you want structured learning. Um, and so the thing about being a developer, and this is maybe not towards you two. This is really towards the viewers. Um, the reason why a lot of coding bootcamps want you to learn on your own initially to pass that test is because part of being a developer is part of figuring out how to get something done. Like you're going to encounter so many challenges along the way. And um, if you aren't resourceful enough, if you're the type of developer that needs to ask someone how to do it versus being resourceful enough to like digging that information out and like figuring it out and getting that solution um, out there, even if it's a really crappy solution, at least you figured something out that's going to be a developer that's more hireable than someone that's just asking people a bunch of questions. And you don't really like, but the thing is you don't really realize that and discover that until you are in the coding boot camp and they teach you how to learn, not they clear. teach you how to solve. And so a lot of people do get discouraged. They see that test. And I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage people to, even if you're not confident, even if you think you're going to fail, just give it a try. Like it's go, you're going to grow as a person. You really are with that. Um, but I can, com- I completely right. get the decision of, of like, why you went the direction you did like i understand the what you're explaining and yes it's
1: true that it's really important for you to be able to find to find the solutions being stack using stack overflow or whatever but it's it it becomes much more it, it has much more sense to expect that from a developer once you give him at least some basic tools to work because otherwise it's like, I don't even know what I should be Googling for. I don't even know where I should start from. And you just, you are stonewalling me uh, from even joining your program and giving you money because I don't like, I, you don't even give me like some path to go there. You just say, learn on your own, pass this test. And then we can talk instead of, okay, we'll give you like, we'll give you the basics and we'll push you to learn on your own also during the program to look for the answers. Especially during the week, because that is what's going to make you a good developer.
0: So most coding boot camps, when they give a test, they'll say, "Go ahead and here's what you should read and study for it. You're saying that other coding bootcamp didn't do any of that.
1: they, uh, they suggested either to, be, to read the book Eloquent JavaScript. Okay. Uh, Or to go through their preparatory work, which is like a part-time JavaScript boot camp that that should prepare for uh, for that test. But then it was, you know, like one and a half boot camps as opposed to only one boot camp.
0: That makes sense. Okay, but at least they did give that prep material, even if like you didn't really agree that that's the path you want to go down. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's important because I think any boot camp, um, any boot camp that doesn't give you a prep material, at least guidance on like what to do to prepare for the test. I think that's kind of a yellow flag and you should avoid a boot camp like that because to me, that's telling of how much guidance you're actually going to get in the coding boot camp, something that you're going to spend a lot of money in, um, so, okay. I, I love your perspective. I appreciate you sharing me uh, that perspective because I like hearing why people choose certain coding boot camps. Um, I, I had one more question about the curriculum. So you mentioned you had like three weeks to do, uh, I think it was just like actual project work, right? Yeah. Is that where you were building up a portfolio? Were you able to put those projects on your portfolio? Did you guys build one? A portfolio at all to showcase your projects?
2: So what they did is they continuously encouraged us to um, push even these smaller little apps that we were building to GitHub, right? So we do have, I think almost every day there would be some small project that you could push there. Like we tried to do a little search engine where um, while you're searching, it gives you the mm-hmm. recommendations and the what the next letter could mean and all of these things. So we did have a lot of small things to push. But then, throughout these last three weeks, what happens is you have um, one week where you're building. So you're so you're split up in teams of four people, and one week you're kind of working on like a fun project, um, something that's just kind of a dumb idea that somebody came up with very quickly. You know, something that just um, do it, let's do it very quick, and that is to understand and to practice how to work in teams, firstly, in teams of four, which is more than we had before, just the buddy system. And then also how to do something from like the very beginning where you try to design your database on a piece of paper with a pen all the way to, you know, let's get everything set up. Let's get the um, Rails application going and then let's fill that with life. And in the end, let's, you know, have the front end built up as well. So that's in one week. And then the last two weeks... Um, there's a pitch night in the evening in the beginning and people can pitch their ideas. They say, I would like to build this kind of app or I think that's a good thing. Um, So what we had, for example, was a management app for um, studios. So let that be a fitness studio, boxing studio, yoga studio, whatever you want to do. And it was a girl, she had the idea, she kind of pitched that and then you can choose which app you would prefer to work with. Um, And then by that, I think you rank it and then uh, everybody gets, you know, one assigned app. And then for two weeks, you have a team. And again, you start by, you know, drafting the database on a piece of paper. And then you slowly work your way all the way up to the end where, um, you know, on the final evening, there's a big demo night. Everybody can invite friends and family and and all of that. And then everybody will um, demo and present the app that they built within those two weeks.
1: I would just like to add to that, that the first week, the first project week, at least in our case, it was like an Airbnb copycat. So it's not just a, a, a random app. It's think of something, think of a marketplace where you have a, like someone who is offering a service and someone else was looking for that service and uh, build something with that idea in mind so that... Uh, and that will be your, your mini, your one week project. So it can be like, okay, I I have a mark. Like from our batch, we had ideas, like i want to build a marketplace for people to lend their, uh, like their Rolex or their expensive uh, bags, because like maybe some MBA students still don't have enough money to buy the original ones. Or uh, in our case, we had like, okay, uh, an app to look for, english-speaking doctors in japan and doctors to be able to book their appointments in here so just a simple marketplace like that and it's not really it's not just to have fun or like to learn how to work in groups because there's when you fir- oh, there's when we first uh deal with github and uh, branches and merge conflicts and all that like that is a big part of the of the learning experience for that one week but it's also It's also where we learn, where we start working more on user experience. So it doesn't become any more just, hey, let's build an app that works, but let's build an app that is pleasant to use for the user. And there's a lot of feedback on that point because you have to pitch your app like every two or three days. And that's another point of that experience. Like they teach you about how do you pitch your app? How do you Present it to an audience so that they understand what is going on. And it's all practice for what you end up doing with your final project.
2: Yeah. Okay. And they kind of they prep you also, right? How do you pitch it to non-developers specifically? Mm. Like if you actually want to then go out and make that app your company or your idea, how do you pitch that to investors that don't necessarily have very technical background?
0: Yeah. I
2: like that part.
0: And Celine, to expand on what you just said, I was actually surprised to see so many product managers applying to coding camps as well. It it was just, it's a lot of money. It's very intense. And for a product manager to go through it, it really shows um, how big of a gap of knowledge and communication in general, like companies can have with developers. And that's really interesting.
2: No, absolutely. Sometimes they... know the the team breaks it down so much that then the problem that they're facing or the the like blockage that they're facing seems like some little you know incident where oh it's not even that important just work around it but actually when they you know if they would sit down and speak to you as if you'd understand what's happening then it's like oh my god of course there's no way that we can work around this we must change something or you know in a different part of the application and um, where I worked last at my last job, one of the product managers, he said that at his former job, he was from Poland. So he said in Poland, a lot of the time um, they will not hire any product managers that don't have any coding experience because they said we've just had so many discrepancies in so many cases where the team and the the team lead couldn't really talk to each other. That they've just said, okay, you don't have to be a professional, you know, experienced of 10 years back-end developer, but you need to have some sort of basic understanding of what's going on. And I agree. I think that is really, that would really minimize a lot of the conflicts and a lot of the communication gaps that, that are in companies today.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So... Both of you kind of hinted towards like the first week being a lot of preparation. And so it sounds like the final week is kind of the main thing that you all are focused on. Um, Do you feel like the last, like the final project was a, it got employers attention? And I know, Celine, you might not be able to talk about this, but uh, well, you you probably can. Do you feel like it was a good enough, a complex enough project uh, where where you felt that it best resembled what you had learned and what you could do as a developer?
2: Um, From for my point of view, yes. I think um, <laughs> I was quite impressed <laughs> with what we built in the end, to be honest. when I I mean, it's only nine weeks, right? So not even three months. And then when I was standing there and I was giving the presentation, you know, and it was, I don't know, 50, 60 people. And I was like, yes, we built this. And then I thought back, and I was like, wow, okay. You know, two and a half months ago, I didn't know what a console is, you know, and now I'm here and I've we did this like it was it's incredible, frankly. Um, And I would not be shy at all to show this to people where I'm applying to quite the opposite. I am very proud of what we did there. And of course, you know, this is a thing that we built in two weeks. So there's still some bugs. There's still some things that weren't perfect you know at the by the time that we had to present but I know a lot of people kept on working on it afterwards especially those that did want to land a job um, in that industry immediately so they continued to work on that they kind of brought it up to a place where where they were happy with it you know for some people that was maybe one day of work for others maybe you know a week or two weeks um but everybody that did go into that path and that did find a job afterwards, um, they very much broadcasted their final project as well.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I put it on my portfolio as well, like okay. with the other projects. So that, and uh, while talking in, in some interviews, they, re, they were asking about like, what have you built and which technologies were you using? And what's the point? So I think definitely it did open. If, if it didn't open some doors, at least it helped uh, with the interview process. Because I was able to say, not just like, hey, I have learned this, but look, I have learned this and I have applied
0: to build something like that. Okay. Sounds like it, it was very effective. Uh, and, you know, the, one of the reasons why I'm asking that is three weeks isn't a lot. Nine weeks isn't a lot. <laughs> and to be able to produce what all of you produced in nine weeks, that's impressive. Um, interesting. So what do you think of the instructors? Uh, so
1: in my personal case, I was pretty happy with them. Uh, but again, like it, there's a very... So the system is you have the lead teacher uh, who can sometimes be the driver, but other times not. Uh, and then you have a whole bunch of teaching assistants. So with the lead teacher, I was definitely like in in Tokyo. He's a guy who he wasn't the first Tokyo bootcamp ever. Then he found a job. He worked there for like I don't know two years, something like that, and came back to work as a teacher. Uh, and he's great. Like right? Doug, shout, shout out to him. Like he's really great at teaching and ex- at explaining. Like really, very, uh, very satisfied. Uh, but then the teaching assistants, sometimes there are people who are working and have some experience in what they're doing. So for example, for the front end week, we would take, they would take teaching assistants who are working on a front end, but other times there are fresh graduates from the, from the previous bootcamp. And they're essentially just one lesson ahead of you. Uh, so the level can, can vary quite a lot, but, Even in this case, even though you might have someone who's like, okay, he doesn't know that much more than I do, at least having the presence of at least one very good and very experienced teacher, it still gives you the opportunity to fall back that, okay, if you asked something and this specific teaching assistant cannot explain it very well, he can come and bring someone else who will be able to explain it.
2: Yeah, I must agree. So the we also had a lead teacher and he was very um, experienced. He'd worked uh, as a developer for a lot of years. I think he still did it like part time um, because the boot camp always goes for nine weeks. Right. And then there's like a little break of two months. And that's where then he went back into his full time job. So he was very much, um, you know, just in the action, I want to say. <laughs> Um, and what I loved is that, of course, you have the two hour lecture in the morning of the lead teacher. But then for the rest of your day, you're working on projects. Right. And on assignments with your buddy. And we had, I think, a total of five teacher slash TAs um, on campus, I want to say. But we're only, what, 21 people or something like this. So you have one teacher per four people. Um, which really is just a great ratio. You know, you have a little ticketing system. If you have a question, I think they say, if you work on something, you're stuck for 10 minutes, your body can't help you either. Put it in that system and then we'll come around to you. And they don't give you the answer. They really try to make you find the answer. Like this is one of the big things um, that I think they are really, you know, very hard and very hardcore on. Like they will not give you the answer. They won't say, Oh, you're missing a colon there. Oh, you have to change this. Oh, this doesn't work because of that. But they try to really make you understand why it's not working and what you have to change and why now it is working. Um, so the teaching experience all around, I really enjoyed. Um, and we even had, um, alternating teachers. So even the person that gave the lecture, I want to say 80% of the time it was our lead teacher. And then for some of the um, front end, one of the other TAs, he jumped in because he was more experienced in that field. So they really tried to cater to everyone's um, you know, best knowledge.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah our lead teacher for javascript was is a guy who has learned javascript and has been working with javascript for 3d for 3d modeling so also very experienced <laughs> and very good <laughs> okay Jan, i did not forget about you <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So, it sounds like overall is a good experience. And, you know, this is typically what I hear of many boot camps is, you know, usually you're going to have a lead teacher. You're going to have people that are more experienced. You're going to have people that are less experienced. And ultimately, you want to get the, you know, as long as a student does learn, as long as they grow. I really like uh, what you had mentioned where they really encourage you to try to figure it out on your own. And that's uh, so crucial in developing that behavior and that habit and developers. So it's, that's really good to hear. It sounds pretty typical and it sounds like you had a good experience. Now, what we went over, we went over the application process. We went over the curriculum and what your instructors were like. Let's dig into it a little bit. Let's talk about constructive criticism. If you had to change anything to make your experience better, better for the students, um, what would you think about like, I would actually focus a little bit more on the curriculum and the Mm -hmm. instructors. What would you, what kind of advice would you give them to make their coding bootcamp even better?
1: Frankly, I don't know. Like my, my general feeling after the bootcamp is I got everything that I wanted plus something more. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe there you can go and uh, like be super nitpicky and saying, "Well, this exercise didn't make really that much sense." Maybe you could think about one that fits a little bit better. But if if I look in general at the level of the lead teachers and at the level of the uh, of the curriculum, I have to say I'm hundred percent satisfied.
2: Yeah. Um... I'm, I feel very similarly about this, especially coming from a background that has nothing to do with coding or any technical experience whatsoever. It was hard to know what to expect, you know, from, from the whole bootcamp and what to expect, you know, I come out with this and that tool set. So I was already very pleasantly surprised when in the end of those nine weeks, I could stand there and present a fully functioning app, you know, of course, there's always, you know, this one TA where I say, oh, this whenever I asked a question to that person, they couldn't quite explain very well what was happening, but then I know that this exact TA other people loved because the way that she or he explained, they thought was so much better, you know? So I think at that point, it just comes down to personal preference. Um, And I had, you know, plenty of TAs that I thought were brilliant and that really helped me uh, whenever I needed. i I don't know I really like the experience I like that it was five days a week you know that it was like a full-time job kind of thing. I know that Le vagon now also offers part-time uh, boot camps mm-hmm. where I think you only do it a couple of days a week um but I think for what I needed and for for what I wanted um Wagon was quite the quite the perfect fit really yeah
1: i I think uh actually so there are. From what I saw and from what I experienced, there were some two pushbacks or two requests in a way to the curriculum. One is, okay, we want to have more JavaScript. Like we want to learn more about React or another framework uh, where I understand in a way where that feeling is coming from or where that request is coming from. But at the other th- on the other hand, it's like you already have a nine-week bootcamp, and either you make it longer and pay more for it uh, or you have to cut something out and i really cannot see like what we could cut from this very well structured nine weeks and the second one and that actually was a little bit my fe- my my feeling at some points is like uh i would want something that helps more for the job seeking process or like something that is more focused on developers who are looking for a car- for a career as a developer uh, but there, like, it turned out that it was more like my misunderstanding, so to say, because uh, Lewagon is focused primarily on entrepreneurs. Like Interesting. To say, you, ha- you have an idea, you want to build something. Uh, here, we give you the tools, the tool set so that you can build it. And not just that, we give you the insight on user experience, on uh, uh, what's the word? Uh when uh, when you when you prepare with the with figma like the design uh, oh, designer. Yeah, yeah not just design but actually like building the individual views and that when you click on a button it will sh- uh, it will lead you to another
0: i mean like that would be more like list. a ui designer basically that's what that's yeah. what we would call them in the united states there might be there, a
1: couple there's another. There's another word for that that I cannot remember at this point, but like, okay, so there's the UX design, UI design, and also the pitching. All things that if you want to be a startup developer, like a, a startup founder, they bring these things bring you much more value. And that is something that mm-hmm. after getting into building my own startup, I can appreciate much more. Because it's a really big difference between, like, I'm a backend developer. I really do not care about how the how other members are designing the app or how it's, uh, how it's being used. I just need to write code that works. And I need to learn about how do I debug? How do I use the network tab on a page? And, like, these were things that were missing for me and that I struggled at the beginning uh, of my work time, as opposed to I'm trying to build my own app and I need to make it in a way so that... Users enjoy using it, and they understand how to use it.
0: So, does that coding bootcamp focus a little bit on UI design and UX?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we have a whole day, uh, product spring, so called, where we where the lecture is about UI and UX design, uh, about personas and uh, how to like imagine who you're building it for, what is the value that you're bringing to them, what is the uh, like what problem what pain are you trying to solve with your app and this this was something that was really pushed very strongly for when we were thinking about our own apps like when you come and when you pitch about your app uh, do not pitch something that a nice to have think of a pain think of something that people are really missing and then pitch an app that solves this pain so that also when you go into the product sprint, you are working around this pain and you're working and you are thinking about this. And it's really the full day just dedicated on UI design with Figma and then UX design with how can you help these users.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree. And even in those last two weeks where you're building your final project, right? Where I said, we start with mapping it out on a paper, the databases, mm-hmm. of course, it's you're working in your group and you're working in your team and every team is doing a different project and it's at different stages, but you still get a little bit of guidance from those teachers. Or I want to say you get as much guidance as you ask for, right? So every morning there's a stand up where you say, this is what happened yesterday and this is what I'm going to work on today. And then every evening as well, a little recap of, you know, what happened, what were the kind of blocks, you know, where did we go wrong, what didn't work, what worked. Um, so, And in that also, again, we had to do the figmas. We had to do the whole design process of it, um, which took, you know, a lot of time where some of the students were like, I don't have to do this. I just want to get to the logic of the back end. And I don't care. We'll figure out what it looks like when we have to figure out what it looks like. Okay. Let me just leave you the hell alone. But um, in the end, I think it really, it was a very realistic, um, view or mirror of, of what happens when you try to develop your own bootcamp. Um, sorry your own app so i think in a way maybe the bootcamp is more targeted at people that have their own idea already you know and they want to build it and they want to get out there and maybe it's a little bit less targeted at people that just want to become a general back-end developer right but that's why they also advertise themselves as a full stack bootcamp, right they focus very much on the back end but they try to put equally as much focus on the front end as well Um, okay.
0: I have a few opinions on this. This is really interesting. So the focus, so they advertise, so hold on, where do I want to start? It does sound like they're focused on entrepreneurs. They're in fact, I probably would have enjoyed that coding bootcamp more than full stack Academy because the thing, like I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I mean, I created my own business, right? I was a software (laughs) engineer for a few years and I would have appreciated more focus on like solidifying my concept in my head and like figuring out the actual problem that I'm solving and, and designing for that before I even touch code. I love that idea. And it's something I'm trying to grow with right now. Now, with people trying to become a software engineer, when you say they advertise as a full stack developer in the United States, typically that does not touch design at all. Like it doesn't touch UI, uh, UI design, UX really, it'll touch the front end. And usually you'll pick up a front end framework with Full Stack Academy, but it's really interesting to hear a different definition of a full stack developer. And it, it does sound like a definition for an entrepreneur or someone that wants to create a startup. Um, does that sound accurate? Because it's really interesting if that's the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, what was a little bit like, uh, the crushing with reality was understanding, realizing that what we call a front-end developer internally at LeWagon does not mean, like, it's not what is being understood as front-end developer uh, in the market job world, where for us front-end developer was like, okay, this is the guy who understands about how colors interact with each other, how to make things look appealing and work with, like user-friendly, so to say. Well, while looking for front-end developer jobs, it was like, okay, you need to have React or you need to have Vue and experience in here. And these were things that we didn't touch at all. And then seeing that actually for them, it's just it's just working with JavaScript. That's all that you're, you're doing logic with JavaScript on the front-end. That's all there is to it.
0: Okay. You know, that's... That is really interesting because I just did a podcast episode encouraging front-end developers to learn UX, to learn design fundamentals, (laughs) and most don't want to. Well, I I would say most, especially back-end developers, they don't want to, but I encourage (laughs) all developers to learn a little bit about it because the more connected we dove into, the more connected you are even with your users. Even if you aren't a big company or working on a product, the more you understand your users, the better, um, in my opinion, the better developer you are. And you're able to focus on the implementation that's actually going to solve the problem rather than, you know, just fitting like the minimum requirements when you push that feature out. Um, that's that's really interesting. OK, one thing I have to say, it might be a cultural thing, but both of you are very cautious with constructive criticism, criticism or right? you like you don't really you don't really focus on like digging in. Like you said, uh, Paulo it might just be petty. It might just be nitpicking, but nitpicking, I want, want you to keep in mind the reason why, um, I don't know, maybe it is just like a United States thing, an American thing. Nitpicking is often how people learn, how they grow, how they constantly like iterate on their product. And it's not like, it's just interesting seeing both of your personalities, a different perspective on it because, you know, um, I think, quite frankly, I think Americans need to appreciate different perspectives around the United States and they need to hear how coding bootcamps and even just developers run and work throughout the world. And its I, I think what I'm trying to say is it's just a slightly different perspective that b- both of you have compared to when I interview coding bootcamps in the United States. People are very different. They're very willing to dive into, nitpick, be petty about little things, um it's, it's just interesting. I just wanted to note that. So I, I appreciate (laughs) your experience either way. I really do. (laughs) So we have, okay. So we pretty much went over most of what I wanted to you. You both did a really good job of diving into the curriculum, the instructors. um, And I think in a way you did kind of mention what you liked, like what you really liked and what you thought was okay during that process. Now, actually finding a job and Celine, feel free to pitch in, but I know you, you're kind of going in a different direction with it. So Paula, you might take over this conversation. What was it like finding a job? You know, like think about like how many jobs you had to apply to. Did you have any assistance with the coding boot camp? You know, how long did it take? What was that experience like for you? So it took me
1: one and a half months between graduating and starting my job. Uh, I had already started looking for, uh, for jobs while I was in the bootcamp, essentially at the point where I, like we did some weekend assignment and I had almost finished the first week project. So I I already had, and I knew what my final project was going to be about. So I, I could already put three projects on my curriculum. Uh, and with that, I said like, okay, let me go out there and let me start uh, reaching out to companies and see what I can do. Uh, there was help from the, from the bootcamp in terms of this is what you should put in your curriculum. This is how you should structure it. This is like the kind of information that they want to see. They also brought uh, recruiters on campus Some of them with whom they are they they have some partnerships and that that they have those recruiters have helped place their graduates in companies Uh, and they have been developing on that ever since. So uh, the bootcamp after mine, like they they even implemented a career week, which was like one free voluntary week after you graduated, where it goes deeper, just in the uh, in the aspect of let's find a job. And they've been partnering with more companies and placing more uh, uh, graduate graduates as junior developers in those companies. Uh, but like that's that's the future. Like my personal experience was, it's it it wasn't easy. Like to be fair, uh, it's not that I like suddenly I had a whole uh, whole bunch of. Uh, job offers raining down on me and uh, I was just being picky about which one paid the most. Uh, It it was a difficult process. And big part for that is that maybe it's more of a Japanese thing. I don't know how it's in other countries, but overwhelmingly the expectation or the job offers or the expectations are like you need to have three years experience. Because the way how it works here is... Uh, There's a very strong culture of let's hire fresh, fresh uh, university graduates for our junior positions. And if you are someone who is trying to change your career and you're trying to find a junior position in a company, uh, there there's barely any offers like that because those are being covered by the students who get to join. So uh, that was, I think that was the most challenging part, like how to, among all those job, op- cause like if you go and you search for Ruby developer on a job board, like there's hundreds of offers, but 99% of them are like, yeah, you need to have three years experience at least. So, so how to find a, a job without having those three years experience was the uh, biggest challenge. And I ended up having landing my job, like I ended up with uh, three job offers after the, uh, my my process, but none of them were for a full like a pure uh, back end developer or, or pure developer. Like uh, one was for, for project manager. Uh, where I wanted to work on something more technical, and they were like, well, we are not really sure if you're going to have that opportunity. Like, we want you to actually do the management side. Mm-hmm. The other was for, I I applied for uh front-end developer. Uh, and But during the, in, with the interview, they, they were like, well, with your kind of, well, with your kind of experience and seeing where you want to go, because I said, like, I want to get like technical experience, but then I would like to have a leadership position, a product manager, project manager, scrum master, whatever, uh, with, the, with the way you want to go. Like, we would rather put you in this position where you're mostly operating with data, like some SQL stuff and uh, uh, building reports for clients. Uh, and, and then we'll teach you and we'll bring you to, to that path. And then the last one was like, well, you could do like half time as a uh back end developer and half time help us with our marketing because we're trying to expand overseas and you speak English and have marketing experience. So, I ended up going for the last offer. So, there I used the fact that I had my marketing experience and luckily transitioned to a later on it transitioned to a proper full-time back end developer job. So I ended up having what I wanted, but the path was not so easy how to get there.
0: Okay. I mean, that I could.
2: Congrats. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Um, Okay. Yeah,
2: I just want to weigh in very quickly and just very briefly. Um, I think because Le Wagon is so spread out around the globe, right? It's quite difficult to generalize it so um now you're talking about this career week that started in the tokyo batch i think that is amazing and it's so cool and i wish we would have had that right so getting back to nitpicky that would have been like brilliant and i would have loved that and i would have definitely signed up and stayed the extra week um, now the boot camp that was situated in bali right where i was uh, of those 20 people or 21, I think. Only two of them were actually Indonesian, Mm. right? And I think only one of them actually was from the island of Bali. The other ones were from other, um, you know, island groups. So nobody was really looking to stay in Bali. It was more like, I want to build my skill set and Um, I want to do it with this company, with this bootcamp. And then now where am I going to go? And that was also my approach, right? I didn't go to the bootcamp in Bali because I wanted to land a job in Bali in developer and in development. So... It was a bit of a different situation. And then everybody, you know, went back home. Might that be the UK or the US or, um, you know, Australia or in a little bit further north in Asia, like wherever people were from, they just went back to where they'd come from pretty much. Um, And then they looked for jobs there. So I think, um, you know, maybe if I had done the boot camp instead of going to Bali, I would have done it in Berlin then I would have still been in the German job market, and maybe then they would have been able to offer some sort of different transition. But I would guess that depending on the location, they might have different approaches to it. But yeah, I'm not 100% sure.
1: No, it's a similar experience here in Tokyo. So for the full-time uh, boot camp, most of the participants are actually from outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. Which was something for me, like very difficult to understand as a person who joined the bootcamp because was trying to get a job. It's like, why the hell are you guys coming here to Japan? It's like, well, you know, I have a gap here, or a, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm just curious about programming, but I don't plan to be a developer, it's like, or I I want to be a freelancer, a digital nomad. So anywhere is like just fine for me to learn about it. There were different reasons.
0: It's such but a I, I think it's so interesting to focus on hold on. Um Celine, can you pronounce the name again of the coding boot Le Wagon. Le Wagon, is that it? Okay, I'm gonna try to say it correctly from here on out. <laughs> um it's so interesting that they focus on a different like a just a very different type of developer. It's it sounds and I'm glad we kind of dove into this, but the fact that you're having people come to Japan, digital nomads that are are going to go to Japan to just pick it up. Cause why not? I'm in Japan anyways, or I wanted to visit Japan. It's um, it, to me, like if it attracts people like that, it does feel like it produces a very well-rounded developer that quite frankly, you know, if both of you wanted to do and you wanted to focus on, your development, I think you're going to be much more successful with the startup, much more successful with freelancing and coding bootcamps in the United States. They don't touch this at all. That's not their market. Um, at least none of the ones, none of the top ones that I've reviewed. It's really interesting hearing this. It is. OK, so I want to be cautious with your time. Last question for developers that are trying to become developers, I uh, what would be your final piece of advice for them and feel free to think about it
1: <laughs> for those who become who for those who haven't started or who are about to start or for those who already have finished the boot camp and they want to succeed
0: it's that's a really good question let's focus on those that haven't quite started or are kind of in the beginning stages of starting hmm.
2: Um, I think, and this might not be the wisest, you know, advice of the world. So, um, but I think especially with your input, Don, that different boot camps focus on different things, right? Um, if you do want to do a boot camp to get informed about what the end goal of that boot camp is, right? If you have a business idea in your mind, maybe Le Wagon is the perfect fit, you know, you're gonna learn how to not only build that idea, but how to pitch the idea, how to kind of sell it to other people um, and how to continue to develop it even after the time is over. But if you know, you know, you've dabbled a little bit in backend and front end and you know, a hundred percent that you love backend and you want to really dive in deeper and just for the rest, you know, for the next couple of years, you really want to work as a senior backend developer, um, then probably a different bootcamp would be a better choice, right? So trying to understand what you hope to gain from participating in a bootcamp and then choosing accordingly, because, you know, if you go to any bootcamp, may that be... Le wagon or um, any other, if you're there and you're just not getting what you'd hoped for, um, it's going to drag you down. It's going to make you less motivated. And because of the whole buddying system and working in teams and then working in another team and the final project week, if you don't like what you have to do, you're not going to enjoy the time and you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. And then you're not going to learn as much. Right. So um, doing the research beforehand, I think that would be very important.
0: Why'd you say that wasn't going to be wise advice. That was a really good advice.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not that, you know, specific. It's just like, Oh, do your <laughs> research. But I think it, it really is important, you know, do your research, know what you're, you're trying to get out of it. And um, yeah, I guess just, just try to really find a bootcamp that's going to give you what you want. And, and also because, sorry, I'm going <laughs> to cut that's this fine. short, but you know, if, if, um, you are the type of person like me that will just go to bali for a boot camp because she's interested in seeing you know what this coding thing is and i know that it's might be useful in the future then maybe that kind of boot camp that is offered in i don't know 20 30 40 locations throughout the world that might be a better fit than the one that is only offered you know in the local area where i'm from because I know I enjoy talking and working and operating with people from all over the world. So if I go to a boot camp that operates globally, the chances of just me, you know, getting what I'm hoping for is a lot bigger than if I just went to the one down the street. Yeah. So do your research.
0: <laughs> cool. Thank you.
1: From my side, uh, for someone who is like just trying to get into it, I think the, the, main uh, advice i would give is uh, coding is not about math it's not about like some obscure logic sorting and stuff like that coding is about building hey do not get put off by these concepts or words that you hear from maybe your friends who are more code savvy or from videos that you look online. It's that is not the level that you are, that you should be looking at what you, the the magic of coding is that it helps you create things and uh, look for something that gives you the skills, gives you the tools to build what you want to build That would be my advice.
0: I like that. I really like that. And a lot of people feel like becoming a developer is out of reach. Now, in the United States, we had this saying of a former president, everyone should learn to code. it was pretty similar to that. Now, I don't agree with that because it's not for everyone, but everyone can. And I do believe that. And I, I do. I've talked to people that do feel intimidated. By it. And they, they think, you know, like even sometimes it's just from watching a hacker movie or, you know, something like really out there. They're like, I could never do that. That would take so many years to learn. And it really, like the big thing that I say to people is the only people that don't become developers are ones that quit. Everyone, like everyone can, every single person can, even during, you know, our pandemic, a lot of people are having a harder time and all it, it, it might take a little bit more time, but they will get a position. And that's, And I I think sometimes it's just giving people courage and and confidence to be able to follow through with that. And they they will become a developer if they have those two things. So I like that you mentioned that.
2: Ultimately, it's fun. I think what a lot of people don't realize and I did not realize, it's actually fun. You know, you sit there, it's kind of like a massive puzzle. You're trying to figure out what to do next and you go back and forth and back again. And, oh, the idea I had 20 minutes ago, I think that was the right one. You know, it's it's
1: fun. <laughs> yeah, so. it, it, it is like a game, but with the big difference that uh, it doesn't just give you the fun experience. It also gives you the sense of accomplishment of having created something.
0: And that that's a really good point. Um, well, and you know what? I'm actually going to touch on yours, Celine. I wish more programmers would remember what you just said. Because I think when you get into the business and when you get into hard requirements and you're working extra hours, it's hard to feel that fun anymore. And a lot of developers do get burned out. And that's why I highly encourage developers to focus on a work-life balance. I'm so against developers being overworked because it takes the joy out of it. And it did for me in one of my positions. And I, it took me a while to recognize that, but you have to remember it is a lot of fun to solve problems. It really is. Um, and when your focus is on building a really cool solution for someone that's especially if someone's going to use what you built, that's really fulfilling. You know, Paul, as you said, like you are building something that, that feels fulfilling to people. It's, it's an accomplishment. And that, I, I think, I think developers sometimes just need a little reminder of, of, what they're doing and the impact that they're having on the world. So that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, let's, I really appreciate you guys coming out, especially with you, uh, especially learning in a different part of the world, because I focus on coding bootcamps with the United States is really interesting hearing your perspectives. And I could tell you it was different, very different than interviewing a lot of people from the United States that solely just kind of stick here. Let's do our outros. Um, I'll start with me. Everyone, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. I try to like do a different topic than these coding boot camps, and all of you are very vocal about how, how I should continue just doing coding bootcamp reviews. So I'm going to do more of them. I am going to branch out a little bit, but I'm going to continue uh, doing these reviews because I know I've got a lot of good feedback. So continue leaving your comments on YouTube if you're listening on Apple, Please rate it, give me feedback, send me messages, however you want to find me. Uh, Just I've been getting feedback every day, and I can't tell you. um, It it fuels me every day to do this and plan more of these, so continue reaching out to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Paulo, how about you?
1: Thank you for this experience. It was really fun also talking with both of you. Uh, Check out Odaiba. So we're we're building it for the COVID pandemic. We want to make the remote learning experience more fun, more engaging for students. So if you are a teacher who's trying to teach groups online, who's trying to deal with schools lockdown, uh, we want to help you reach out to us and uh, see that our solution can uh, make your life and the life of your students more enjoyable.
0: Sounds good.
2: Like a good idea. Check out. (laughs)
0: It's a very relevant problem.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, No, thank you, Don, for for having us, for having me. It was a lot of fun. First ever podcast I was on. So that was a nice experience. Um, And yes, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or any of the other uh, common platforms. My name is just the one that's displayed right now. So you should find me easily. And if you have any other questions about Levagon, Specifically, of course, Bali, which I went to. Big shout out to Livagon Bali. (laughs) And feel free to reach out. And I hope you enjoyed our little review.
0: I appreciate that. Paulo, Celine, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you. Thank you.